0: Presentation Podcast Season 7 Episode 191 What does ChatGPT say are the essential skills needed to be a presentation designer? Troy, Sandy and Nolan put that to the test by asking ChatGPT, what skills do I need to prepare to be a professional PowerPoint presentation designer? The response given is a combination of being on point and off base, it also has good and humorous sections. Join the conversation as we review ChatGPT's answer.
1: I'm Troy Collar from TLC Crave Services, based in very cold, relatively speaking, Southern California. And I do have the heater off, even though it is in the 30s outside of this very, it's early morning, folks. Sandy, what about you?
2: Welcome to the presentation podcast. I'm Sandy Johnson with Presentation Whiz in Minneapolis, Minnesota, where it is zero degrees and my furnace is off. (laughs)
3: It's off so we have a nice, quiet environment, That's right, right, Um, because
2: the fan, I am a very powerful fan of my furnace.
3: (laughs) And I'm Nolan Hames from Nolan Hames Creative in Montclair, New Jersey, where it is not zero, but it is snowy and icy. Ooh.
1: So, Nolan, Sandy, Lori and I recently went through... The interview process and we came out with two fantastic new staff members at tlc creative services we're excited we had to write the job description um, outline the responsibilities you know the role responsibilities list the salary range and uh, and we had earlier reviewed our company annual budget and added the appropriate line items to ensure each, each position was covered without fail for the next 2 years of operating costs and then there was this big process of reviewing resumes looking at portfolios and interviewing went on for a couple of months this extensive effort kind of led to our conversation today so thanks i'm really excited you guys are playing along with this and, <laughs> and note this was this what we're talking about today was not part of the hiring process but it's easy for me to see this becoming a part of the process in the future. So what I did is I asked ChatGPT what skills someone needs to be a professional PowerPoint presentation designer. The answer was both insightful and off base. So hey, everyone, join us as we break down ChatGPT's answer about our industry.
2: Okay, so let's start by saying that you can enter, from what I'm seeing, you know, I tested it, by the way, too, but um, you can enter the exact same question into ChatGPT. We used the Bing Copilot path to ChatGPT, and you got a different answer each time you entered the question. I'm sure when you tested
1: it, Sandy, your answer isn't exactly verbatim the same as what we got.
2: Okay. No, it's not. And I'm not surprised by that. Um. And, to, oh, go ahead.
3: Yeah, I mean, this is this is like fast becoming an existential question, right? Should it always return the same answer to the same question? Um, I mean, if the questions are like one minute apart, should not it? Uh, you know, you know, if it's like a year apart, I can see different answers. but I don't know, is this and is this because we're kind of viewing AI as the singular entity where maybe we should see it like a stadium full of professors and experts and each time we ask, we kind of randomly pick a seat number. Um, wow,
1: a stadium full of professors and experts. you guys get that alliteration.
2: That, that is awesome. <laughs> that is an awesome. <laughs> analogy. No, I don't think it should. I think you're right, Nolan. We should look at it as a group of experts from which we will get a different answer and new experts showing up all the time and some people leaving the stadium. You know,
3: but,
2: so <laughs> things some will people change. Getting,
3: getting kicked out of the stadium. Yes. Um, but it's frustrating because you go to we we're, we're so used to you go to Google, you search for whatever, and there it is. Like you, you search for Whatever website, there it is, and then you go the next day and you search, and it's basically the same results. You know, maybe next next week or next month or next year, they'll be slightly different. But you know, now with GPT, it's like spin the roulette wheel, and it's like each time, what are you going to get? <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. For the I don't know. Where this that's that's a that's a, a conversation for another time, maybe a deeper. Well, we'll see how it evolves as well. Yeah. yeah. So our answer had three sections, right, uh, or paragraphs. Um, and the bonus fourth paragraph that seems to humanize the uh, entire AI experience because the, the fourth paragraph is, I hope this helps, exclamation mark.
2: Isn't that nice? <laughs> it's so sweet. <laughs> hey,
3: hope it helps, buddy.
2: Sounds um, like a Minnesotan.
1: To get everybody on track, here is verbatim our question to Chad GPT. And, and for reference, we'll put this question and the answer that we're working from in the show notes. So the question was, quote, what skills do I need to prepare to be a professional PowerPoint presentation designer?
3: Okay. Question mark. And, right. So here, <laughs> so, we, so here's the full answer provided, and we're going to break it down. We'll we'll each take uh, one of the sections. First section, according to GPT, to become a professional PowerPoint presentation designer, you need to have a combination of technical and creative skills according to the preferred qualifications include a degree in communications or marketing creative abilities and proficiency with presentation software you should also be familiar with the tools in microsoft powerpoint
2: i'm not sure about the punctuation
3: yeah, yeah.
2: okay <laughs> anyway <so laughs> here's the next section in addition to these you need to have strong organizational skills attention to detail, and the ability to prioritize multiple projects. You should be able to work under pressure and focus on the customer's objectives to ensure client satisfaction.
1: I agree with all that. So here's Mm -hmm. the third paragraph. Everybody just take a deep breath. Effective presentation skills are also essential for your personal and professional life. They include the abilities and qualities necessary for creating and delivering a compelling presentation that effectively communicates Information and ideas—they encompass what you say, how you structure it, and all the materials you include to support what you say, such as slides, videos, or images. <laughs> okay, and then and then f- and that f- fourth f- paragraph.
3: I, I hope, hope this, this helps. helps. <laughs> <laughs> all, right. Oh, all right, we'll, we'll work yeah. on our uh, our unis our, our synchronization. Videos. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay.
2: okay, so right from the start. I, th- I think chat GPT offers a great observation. You need to have a combination of technical and creative skills.
3: All right, not some low hanging fruit, but um, no, but, but, but correct. Correct. Right. I'm very glad it did recognize that presentation design isn't a, a STEM job, I guess. Right. I mean, you need to have, you need to know the technical, you need to have the design, you need to have the creative, you need, to, I mean, you, we could also put in interpersonal <laughs> skills probably. Um, yeah. So I, I so I, I think that was, that was spot on. So I, I think this is, um,
1: I think it's a great real world kind of statement and chat GPT was, was pretty much on target as we started off. It's a, it's a good start. They didn't kind of go into this. I was kind of expecting like a bullet list of all these things that PowerPoint could do. So this was a good start to me from what I was, what I was kind of envisioning the answer would be.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. Well, I was thinking it should have included at least business skills, project management skills, copywriting skills,
3: Oh, that yeah, it definitely does
1: not. Hold on, let me list those.
3: Yeah, Yeah, it doesn't Mm -hmm. list those. And as as we'll get to, we're you know later. This is of course pulling from job descriptions, which you know Mm -hmm. they love their bullet points and they love the you have to do this and this and this and this and this and this. this. So you know, curious how they they pared that down or you know just good point. Um, So, uh, you know, I'll just make a side comment, you know, the sort of mix of technical and creative. I think even the people we know in this business that are the most technical, like the programmers and and Mm -hmm. things like that, they still need a ton of creative skills. Like there's there's no such thing as like a pure engineer or, you know exactly i think
2: they need to understand how the user is going to use something yeah. what the resulting design might look like um, yeah i agree with you you
3: know in the in, in the web world obviously over the years you know it used to be you know 15 20 years ago it was like you made a website you did everything you had to design and program and now you know now of course it's split and it's just gotten worse and worse with you know the designers at you know butting heads with the engineers and like Never the Twain shall meet. Um, but anyway, but we don't we don't have that presentation anyway. Continuing on in this section, we have a need for a quote degree in marketing or communications. Um, I like this, um, I guess, but is it a reality? Did any of us come from a communications or marketing uh, background? Uh, why no graphic design degree?
2: Well, that's a good question. I did study marketing communications as a degree after I left my career as a nurse. So I have that background and I think it was particularly beneficial in the early days of my career so I could talk business and strategy as well as design. And I think that's when I pitched my clients design, I was able to give them the logic behind the design, how it was meeting their business goals and how each slide had a strategic approach. You know, I, I talked the talk. That way. It, so it helped then. Go did ahead. you get a I,
3: a second degree? No, I didn't.
2: I okay. I ended up working instead. But it's certainly <laughs> I was like a credit or two a credit a credit or two exactly. away. I think it was okay. stats that held me back. Okay. I lasted
3: yeah. one I lasted one day in statistics. <laughs> in <college. laughs>
2: exactly. Exactly. Okay, so the same for oh
1: me. my gosh. Just a public service announcement, folks. You can get multiple college degrees and never take a math course. There are ways. Uh, yes. Because <laughs> I, I never made it anywhere on that. <laughs> um, okay. So, well, first of all, Nolan, you're right. It doesn't mention graphic design. And now I'm really pondering this. Like, how can the visual communication tool not be like even a factor to have a design or a visual type of degree background? Um, but you know what? This could be from the perspective of the content creator, not the writer. So not the designer or the presenter, um, you know, the, the person that's, that's coming up with the, the the presentation con, um, I guess that is. Yeah. From the content, content the content creator, yeah. you know, it's really weird mm-hmm. I said, content creator out loud. And then I started instantly thinking of all the creatives, but no, I'm thinking more the, the non designy person. So yes. this, you know, G- Ch- chat GPT could have gone down this thing, uh, of looking at it from that. Um, but our question clearly did say to be a professional presentation designer. designer.
3: So yeah, I think we're yeah. definitely missing this visual design aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things we always say here on the podcast, Broken Record, is that there's no defined route to getting into this business, right? So we all have different backgrounds, mm-hmm. and everyone we've ever interviewed on this podcast has had different degrees and, you know, come from unique backgrounds. Um, so anyway, but, uh, and I've made this comment in the past, I see a lot of presentation designers with some, with an architectural training background. That Oh, uh, yeah. That, that just personally, I mean, not a lot, but, but more than, you know, more than, uh, well, and, and that makes expect. sense
2: that they'd be good at it if you think of the structure that you want on um,
3: presenting design, their yep. design background. And I don't know, it's mm-hmm. just sort of a weird, uh, I don't think I've encountered that, that. I'm trying to yeah. think through all the resumes.
1: I mean, I just went through like at least 75 after we kind of called it down. There's at least mm-hmm. 75 qualified people to review their resumes. And there, there, I mean, most of them were, we, we had a lot of video designers, a lot of video background, mm-hmm. yeah. which to me makes sense because a presentation f- for a lot of our projects, you know, big screen is a very flowing cinematic information flow instead of a static, you know, slide, slide, slide. We tend mm-hmm. to blur the line between those where people don't actually realize the slide count, which is often a conversation with the presenters. But, uh, yeah, so I think video is probably be the one area where I've noticed it from this latest round of hiring where we had mm-hmm. far more interest. So, you know, if here's here's the thought. <clears throat> if you aspire to be a race car driver, you kind of need driving experience. If you aspire to be something like a molecular scientist, you you do need a strong science background and education seems kind of obvious. Well, this statement right here by ChatGPT made me made me kind of laugh a lot. <laughs> you need to have proficiency with presentation software. I mean, isn't that kind of a given? Yet, <clears throat> we, <laughs> yeah. you know, the job listings we did, uh, and it also listed that in the very first section. It's like here, I'll state an obvious of obviouses in here. So, I mean, it is an obvious, but our job listing, we we did say. Um, well, we're not looking for a presentation designer. We're looking for somebody to become a presentation designer. So we don't actually look for anybody that says they know what they're doing in PowerPoint. We want somebody with strong design skills. But we actually said familiarity with, you know, PowerPoint and Excel and Microsoft Office apps. I mean, we kind of lumped it all together. We we actually didn't focus so much on PowerPoint. We said it's a strong plus, but... I just thought the statement, the way it was written is proficiency with presentation software. Just
3: a little too obvious to me.
1: You guys? Yeah.
3: I mean, it was interesting. It said, also be familiar with tools in Microsoft PowerPoint. It's kind of a, just a weird way of phrasing and seemingly no, Oh, you're of- right. I missed PowerPoint the also. Is PowerPoint not presentation software? <laughs> um,
2: so basically what this is saying is that in order to build To be a professional PowerPoint presentation designer, you need to have a business degree and you need to be familiar with PowerPoint or other software. And that's how every job description looks. If that's what they're pulling from, doesn't that make sense?
1: It does. Our job description didn't look that way, but you're right. Many do. Yes. Many, many, many.
2: LinkedIn job descriptions. Mm Mm-hmm.
3: All right, let's move on to oh, move on part to part 2. two. Okay. okay, so paragraph 2. You take this one.
2: This next part is pretty impressive. There <laughs> are soft skills and I feel that ChatGPT identified a great set of them. Okay. <laughs> you need to have strong organizational skills, attention to detail and the ability to prioritize excuse me, and the ability to prioritize multiple projects.
1: Hey, I agree with both you Sandy and ChatGPT. Mm-hmm. These are real skills that I use on a daily basis. Uh, I think the statement very much aligns to our, your know, recent presentation uh, designer position listing. We actually kind of dwelled on it a little bit. This is a really nice, concise statement. I'm, I'm rereading it now, kind of looking at our job listing. We actually broke this across like four different places to kind of emphasize, you know, you will be multitasking. You will be, and we we kind of also go into multitasking, not so much in the, job listing, but when we interview people. It's like, you're not going to be just multitasking across applications and projects. You're going to be multitasking across um, industries. You know, you may mm-hmm. one, you may start the morning working on a, a a new product launch for an auto manufacturer, and you may end the day talking about um, HIV comorbidity rates and a ton of data charts. You know, you got to be prepared yeah. for this multi thing, but you know, I, I think it's a really good statement. What do you think,
3: Nolan? Yeah, I think it, I think it's probably the most um the most typical <laughs> from a job description. It's like that how many uh indeed or uh whatever, you know, job descriptions um have those words, you know, prioritize projects, attention to detail. That's, you know, that's the big one. So, yeah, it's definitely again, we'll get into that, but it's definitely pulling from from those listings.
1: But it wasn't off base. So, it's a good No, no,
3: I, I mean, it's not incorrect. No.
1: Okay, but but you know, then it goes to chat GPT also knows about us. I mean, this was like kind of a personal insight. It knows about our work life with the able to work under pressure. So mm-hmm. where did it pull that from? Who is that mm-hmm. in job listings? We definitely didn't list that. Yeah, I
2: think, well, that's true, right? Nolan? Yeah. I mean, it's, it,
3: <laughs> again, it's sort of, uh, you know, scraping job descriptions for, uh, I don't know for for trauma surgeons and presentation designers. They're exactly. very similar. Um, so, I,
2: I would put it on the same level. Um, I mean, I've real, but but here's the deal. And out oh, well, my role as an independent consultant and designer, I've been able to keep this under control since leaving the conference industry. Troy. <laughs> uh,
3: <laughs> Did you get didn't you get sucked back in once or twice? But, yes,
2: a couple yeah. times, yes, yeah, but
3: but you're you're much healthier for it.
2: Much you're healthier touched. for it. Yeah. You need to be able to work under pressure. There are deadlines. Um and if you're in in an organization, in a corporation, you probably are at the whim of others and I can see where that would be very very stressful.
3: Some of us have been on staff. I mean, I I was on staff at agencies and yeah it's a, it's that whole presentation you know I've certainly been in situations on staff when it's it's me and the CEO like sitting down or me and the president like right before the the big you know 20 million dollar pitch or the you know huge conference or whatever you know changing slide I mean that that's a lot of pressure um I mean Troy you see that you're constantly dealing dealing with you know outside you know leaders and things like that but that's an incredibly yeah, you know, because basically we're we're helping people communicate to the public or you know to important stakeholders, and that that becomes very pressure filled. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, even you know, as I, a sort of young designer, you know, I sometimes would look around the room and like, wow, what I'm I the I, yeah. I'm the lowest on the rung here of like <laughs> all these EVPs and you know leaders or whatever. It's like, but I I have to be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seat at the table and makes yeah. a difference.
1: Communication skills. Uh, yeah, there are pressure. I will say. That the larger the event, like the more importance it has, or maybe the larger the industry uh, person you're talking to, you know, when you're talking about a, a product launch or a global press release event or something, the pressure actually gets less and less as you get to the event because it is locked down because it is scripted. Everybody's agreed that you cannot go, you can't, you know, there there is a path and it's these words if you say something different you could impact our financial future or you know you could crush entire industries or we could be legal action or results so there is so much pressure gained to that point but by the time you run the show you're like oh autopilot this is cool look it just works and so you know sometimes the bigger the event actually the least stressful time is when it's happening i mean you're it's still a live event everything has mm-hmm. to happen exactly on cue everything has to work so there's that type of pressure but boy that whole last minute craziness but the smaller the meeting like next <laughs> but, week but, i'm gonna yep. be i'm doing a uh, an investigator meeting a, a drug study investigator meeting i guarantee there will be people walking back to my area or running saying, "Okay, we got to change this and you know so <clears throat> you know but i'm running the presentation I know we gotta change it before he gets to that slide, you know, that type of stuff. So there is a what's, difference.
3: What's a drug investigator meeting?
1: that, uh, sa- that
3: sounds am, cooler than it is, probably.
1: It, <laughs> it is way cooler than it is. Than it, it, is it, 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 it is sounds cool. it sounds way cooler than okay. what it is. They they are they are the joy of my life. It is <laughs> seriously, they they are it's 20 to 150 people in a room. And we're talking about a, a drug study, so it could be a study coordinator meeting. But investigator meeting means that it's the people that are implementing the drug study. And it's them kind of reviewing the data, um, you know, looking ahead to what the next projections are, what the next phase of the study is. Got you get it. to work with these doctors, uh, researchers. You, know, you get to work kind of hand in hand. And I follow these groups around the globe. Mm-hmm. And and it's they are so... They're just a breath of fresh air from the huge, the other events I was talking about where you spend three months working on a presentation and it's very high pressure until the actual event. These ones, you just show up, you do your thing and you leave and you get to go out to dinner. So, you know, nice. there's a lot, of, a lot of skills there, but yeah, IMs, investigator meetings. Sorry, I thought industry terms there, folks. I just okay. For know. SCs, uh, coordinator meeting.
3: Um, I go on and on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it knows that we work under pressure. Um, then we get to section three. Um, I don't know if things fall apart here for me or not, but, um, quote, effective presentation skills are also essential for your personal and professional life. Huh. Okay. So now we're being told about presentation skills and that they're essential, not not important, but essential for our personal life is, that's weird, Right. Well, I guess. I don't know.
2: Maybe it's a little dramatic, <laughs> but, but I don't think it falls apart because, you know, and maybe I'm missing something by reading this. Part of the training I do when I train people and even when I'm working with them on their presentations is what I call beyond the podium. And what we're doing is helping develop our clients' personal and professional brands while we are training them to deliver a presentation. Those and And you th- think about it. In high school, when you have to get up and present to somebody, you're learning to speak in front of a group. Um, I I think it doesn't fall apart. I think maybe it's not essential, but it certainly is important.
1: Okay. well, we said for a presentation designer, does the designer need to be the presenter? Do they, I guess they need to understand presentation skills, but we have a lot of, I've encountered a lot of presentation designers that are like, I am not taking the stage. I just make the pretty, oh, you oh. know, and, and they're, you know, so now you're saying I have to have a presentation skills to take on this job as a professional presentation designer because it did no, say no, no. presentation I read designer. It differently. So now I, I won't disagree Mm-hmm. That, that, you know, effective presentation skills are an amazing skill set. And as a presentation designer, I mean, I, I personally thrive on the fact that I can assist the presenter with presentation stagecraft skill sets. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I, as I'm reading this, you know, but I can't, I, I think I get hung up on the, on your personal and professional life. Like my personal life is not really a factor for this job position. I mean, it is, but it isn't. Um, but you know, there's so many rules about interviewing people—what you can talk about and what you can't—and and personal is pretty much one of those. You got to kind of delicately say it, like, "Hi, are you going to be like around for the next three years? Are you focused on this for at least a little while? You know, do you have a? <clears throat> Anyways, you know, I you had, had a great. Oh, go ahead.
2: Oh, uh, I was just going to to add that situations where I've helped a presenter, whether it was a technician, an engineer, or the CEO of a company, we built the presentation together, then we worked on the delivery. In the case of that engineer, he learned skills that allow him to stop and give his personal branding elevator speech. What do you do for a living? Or I, I, maybe it's the role I play. And if you go to my website, you'll see that I do address that. Hmm. Exact description. Not that I it impacts my personal professional life. It's how I can impact other people's lives to help hmm. them professionally. See, that's a really
1: good spin on it, but yeah. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. that's not the thought process being <laughs> applied here.
2: <laughs> okay, I read into it.
1: Okay. <clears throat> okay, wait, I gotta go into a tangent story here, Nolan, okay. because you said yeah. your high school presentation. I never took any presentation stuff, but I did, you know, obviously present. But my high school photography teacher was was the he literally was the best inspiration for presentation skills I have this exact thought first of all he was the coolest guy on the whole campus quite literally he had lived in
3: it the was photography teachers y- usually were <laughs> yeah yeah oh he
1: he he thrived on it I mean he had lived overseas in yeah. in the south pacific this and that and he was you know a single guy and he was just very cool but he was fairly inspirational in a fairly hazy way. Um, but he, he literally said he, he would give these just random bits of wisdom every now and then. he was a young guy too. It was Southern California. He was a very young, he was a very, fairly young guy. So probably i more identifiable than literally the history teacher. I, we called the Colonel. I mean, you know, we did not, I did not identify with that person at all, but I did learn a lot, but I, you know, this guy, he, he said, you know, presentation he's like if you gotta go up and if you're in the something must have been happening for whatever mm-hmm. high school speech things there are RC at that point I didn't even realize it was a thing he's like here's the most inspirational um, and best grade I ever got he's like our Drama department said we're gonna do impromptu speeches. So it was, you know, basically get up and give a three-minute talk. He's like, I had nothing to talk about. My mind was pretty empty. He's like, but I was had a bag of chips and it had the history of the chip company on it in two senses. So he's got up there and I, I explained the chip company history. He's like, it doesn't matter what you're talking about, as long as you can talk succinct and give points of impact, you'll do really good. I mean, this was this guy's Whole thing. And then he did tie it into photography. Like with photography, you got to come up with a focal point. You got to do this and that. I very distinctly remember this. Thank you, Mr. McAwee. You were very cool. You did inspire. (laughs) Okay. But, you know, I'm going to go back to our conversation here that um, besides Nolan triggering high school memories, there is a true lack of comprehension is kind of my take of AI in 2024. And it's kind of revealed in this, what I'll say, off base awkward part of the the description it provides. You know, we're, we're suddenly talking about effective presentation skills. Those are good, but saying they're essential for your personal life is kind of a divergent way of, I don't know, I feel it's off base. Okay.
2: Okay. It was, it was weird. We're clearly, I read it differently, but yeah, it was weird. Okay. So, Yep. Let's talk about the sources. We were given the sources for the, this answer. Mm-hmm. Um, all are relevant and current. There's ziprecruiter.com, uh, zip mintresume.com, and then there's some sites. Yeah, I haven't no, heard of that one either. either. Nope. Yeah. I'm curious, I, really, how these sources are selected or prioritized. Who yeah, knows,
3: or they should be pulling from it. What I mean, this is the whole yeah. legal thing, right? I mean,
1: mm-hmm. oh, you know there. what a bummer is. I'm just realizing is the screen capture I did. It says it lists the top three, and then it says two more sur- sources, and I oh. didn't capture what those other two were. Uh, Nolan, to your point, I'm pretty certain one of them was Indeed, Indeed yeah. but <clears throat> I don't recall. And now that I'm looking at the screen capture, it doesn't. Dang it! It doesn't list it. So I can't guarantee where they are, but it is sources from online resources. It's not, you know, it's compositing things
3: together, which is generative. And and I think what it tells us is that this is the kind of job listing that people write for this type of job, and you know maybe it's also going to continue being the kind of job listing people write for this kind of job because of AI, and that's another issue, right? I think it's the it Mm. I think it's it may tend to homogenize things, right? It spits out what people have wrote, great, turns it around, people take it, and then they put it right back into the soup. They go right back into Indeed or ZipRecruiter or whatever for the next job, and then. Chat GPT is going to pick that up again. So it's like, mm-hmm. what's, is that good? Is that bad? I don't know. It just,
1: that totally be... falls in line at this yeah. stage. AI, Chat GPT, Copilot, whatever you call it, it's an aggregator of content. It's repackaged and delivered to us. Sometimes it makes sense. Sometimes it might not. Um, <laughs> I think it's a good practice for Chat GPT to provide that list of where the information it gathered was you know, where its source information was. So I was happy to see that. I hadn't really looked for that before. Um, but, you know, with this one, I was more curious about it. And like I said, I'm kind of kind of distraught that I just realized I didn't capture all five of the sources it pulled from. I, Do we have access? Um, I, I guess it's more of a question. Do we have access to why these sources were used i mean what's the ai algorithm picking these sources and not others or what's the weighting of the information i kind of doubt we'll ever be given this information by the systems but i i think it really really is important for us to think about this and it's an evolving algorithm i mean right now we're at the point in history where it's fast everything is moving like changing Minutes, not daily, not even monthly, but you know, there, there's a secret sauce and all the different AI systems are trying to find theirs. I, it's fascinating. I, I want to coin a term.
3: Can I coin a term for, oh, for this thing? we're going to, we're going to list it. Mm-hmm. AI inbreeding. Yes. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> right. Isn't that, and that's not a good thing, right?
2: No, we, you. Oh,
3: uh, I don't know. That's just is
1: that how animals go extinct?
3: Yeah. It's <laughs> like yeah, first yeah, cousins, basically. you know?
2: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like all these, oh, okay. Yes. Oh.
3: It's how job listings will go extinct or it becomes so homogenized that it's just like. Mm-hmm. Eh, or yeah, trust but, in
1: AI becomes yeah. extinct. Like, you know, because right now it's, it's like, I exactly. like it, but I'm uncertain of it. But what happens it's in a couple of years it. where this is the mainstream and
3: you're. It's not getting uh-huh. fed anything new.
1: Well, you now know, to, to, to the point Sandy made at the very beginning, I put this in and I, you know, I put this question in and Sandy put the exact same question in and came up with pretty much a different answer all the way through. I put it in a couple of times since I put it in, you know, since I created it. I think we're going to, you know, we're going to have to revisit this. Okay, wait, wait, hold on. You ready? <laughs> Lightning round. What are okay. some glaring things chat GPT left out to you well, it left out that you think should have been included in a job listing for a professional presentation designer:
3: uh, design software skills, <laughs> Adobe <laughs> programs, uh, mm-hmm. writing skills, Photoshop. Right? I mean, that's-
1: yeah,
2: copywriting. I was looking for the word copywriting. Yeah. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. you know that's weird that Adobe didn't show up because in many present type presentation designer um, postings, Adobe is included.
1: So I'm really
2: surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that kind of negates our theory on. Now
1: to the point, now that I'm (laughs) rereading it, it doesn't list any company or any, well, actually it does to become a professional PowerPoint presentation designer. So the only company represented or software represented is the one we fed to it, which is PowerPoint. It does not list anything. Oh, it does. It does specifically say Microsoft PowerPoint. Be familiar with the tools in Microsoft PowerPoint. So, okay, it does. I was thinking it didn't include any companies and maybe that was like a, a copyright thing. It tries mm-hmm. to avoid putting out names, but it, it does list Microsoft and it does list the word PowerPoint. But yes, I think Adobe would be, I mean, that's a design environment that I think at this point in history is like the, you, you work in Adobe or you don't do design. <laughs> Almost <laughs> is the point. Um, other, other, what Egg other? Mark?
2: Well, I mentioned before business Canva. skills. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Canva God. is definitely on there. Okay. I mentioned before business skills, strategic abilities, uh, Troy uh, copywriting and editing ability. Mm-hmm. Do a lot of editing and of course graphic design. I, I a little beyond the software program, just the ability, whether it's learned, innate or you've received an education, you need that to prove your graphic design skills.
1: I would say Adobe and graphic design are the two big ones for me. Adobe being the practical skill set that you need to, that translates into presentation design, um, you know, design skills. And just the idea of visual graphic design is not represented here because that's what we're looking for. I mean, maybe it's because our, my whole philosophy around PowerPoint presentation design is it's a visual design skill, and we're translating visual design principles into slides, and we're reworking, we're re- reworking the content within the sixteen by nine environment so that it works for the audience. There's a flow. I mean, there's there's a lot of skill sets there that aren't really captured in this simplified statement. But okay, so yeah, I think we both all agree. ChatGPT <laughs> didn't quite get it all, yeah. you know. Yeah. And they're in job listings. That's for certain. So, well, this has been fun. We will revisit this, but let me do a quick little wrap up, then we'll do some pro and tech tips. Hey, ChatGPT, what skills do I need to prepare to be a professional presentation designer? There's the question, and well, we got an answer, and we had a lot of fun breaking it down. So thanks, everybody, for joining us. Thanks, Nolan and Sandy, for playing along with my idea. I really think it's going to be interesting to experience the evolution of ChatGPT, AI, Copilot, all these large language models, and actually, before I'm studying it, the small language models, which become more niche-specific. But I think we need to a- ask this exact same question later this year or next year, wherever it fits into our calendar and see what changes in the response. Like is AI in general, just getting smarter at identifying the bigger picture, the bigger trends. Um, Will the sources change um, from, uh, they did list a, a a one design um, studio and then the rest were hiring elements. You know, what's, what's the evolution of this? I think it's going to be really, really interesting. So you know, will AI ask us, here's one of my thoughts, is will AI ask us qualifying questions before just giving us the answer? You know, will it want more directed information? Will there be more education and professional resources uh, to talk about in the presentation design future? You know, as a career, so this isn't an AI thing, will the education system finally I recognize that this is a very large industry and they should be supporting it with potentially not a class here or there which a lot of programs don't even do but a full in-depth degree so one thing is for certain laurie and i will be directing the job listings and hiring process for the foreseeable future uh as ChatGPT Ch- gpt was good but not great at identifying the traits and skills needed to be a professional presentation designer current takeaway as of the beginning of 2024. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. And let's do some fun pro and tech tips.
2: Okay, so let me get started here. Mine is not tech focused. Uh, We have been in an organizing cleanup kind of mode since the beginning of the year. I think a lot of people do that. And we have added cabinet organizers and pullouts and all of that stuff to nearly all of our cabinets. I've (laughs) reorganized my spice. I have a spice drawer now instead of spice cabinet. It's just, it's been really, really fun. I have a couple of the links for our organizers in the show notes. And then I would add the suggestion to use your leaf blower, for light snow shoveling instead of a shovel.
1: Oh, Sandy, that was totally mine. I mean, Southern California, we <laughs> think of that all the
3: time. How would have could never I get rid of this snow? I
1: <laughs> would have never thought of that. A, a
2: snow I, I thought you were going to use that
3: in your kitchen to clean up. I yeah, there you go. Oh, the that snow. too.
1: Oh, my gosh, the dust is crazy. Use a leaf floor for light snow now okay. what
3: qualifies as light that's, snow i really that, don't know admit it, it doesn't happen very often in minnesota but that's a minnesota tip right? that
2: is a minnesota tip right <laughs> it's usually heavier like an exactly. inch troy maybe an inch and a half of snow that is the light dry snow versus the heavy big fat snowflakes that fall and have a lot of water in them there you go from a minnesotan
1: good tip there you go mm-hmm. minnesotan <laughs> yep <laughs> Okay, so I we're following a theme here. Mine is completely not presentations. I'm gonna hold it up to you guys so you can see it. Let's see here. Hold on, moving it up to the camera. So it's these little tags. So they literally look like a little <gasps> a little name tag, but mm-hmm. they're metallic. And this is I, I actually ordered some. Here, look, Ooh. hold up to you guys as well. I hold I ordered these square ones mm-hmm. but I'm going to show it to you if you look at it really close the oh it's not focusing yeah no, I, I see kinda. it I, I see I it. was using them for a couple of weeks there so what what we have here folks is their personalized name tags and the first one I ordered is like an acrylic square it was a little bit larger than I wanted but they engrave your name into it cuz I ship cases all over the country and luggage for airlines, and they the, the little name tags constantly are broken or ripped off of the suitcase. Um, so I found these ones. So these little acrylic ones I ordered on Amazon, they were great until Lori pointed out that's not your phone number. <laughs> <laughs> they did a typo of my phone number, and I've gotten out about all the bags. Oh, I'm like, oh, wait, geez. you're right. There's, so I go back to the original order to complain. I'm like, oh. I typed it in wrong. (laughs) Well, so I still have to figure out how to get rid of these because they're so thick and indestructible. But (laughs) then, while I was searching for the replacement, I found these ones that I am going to recommend. They're like basically a dog tag, a a military dog tag styles. Mm -hmm. They're metallic. They're metal. They're indestructible. They're smaller than the others and you can print on both sides. You can actually do, I think, three lines on each side. I just did name and phone number on one side and name and email on the other side. They're like five bucks each. Now, I got, you know, Traditional me, I got the black ones, but they have colorful ones. They have iridescent ones where the metal, you know, changes color. Uh, I've, I've, sh- everybody I've shown these to has ordered them in the past month. I'll um, be doing it. They are really, really cool, and the price. And the, you buy them on Amazon now. The original ones I bought, I ordered them from a company that's you know in China, and it took them like three weeks to get here not a problem. I mean, it's still an amazing world that you can order things and they show up at your door. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I was like, how am I going to tell these people they did it wrong? And I was like, Oh, never mind. We'll just absorb that cost. But then these little metal ones, they showed up like three days later from the Amazon order, you know, some company partnering. So I'm going to put those out there. They're called personalized bag tags. And I am not, I use them. I mean, this right here is my little, uh, my little cable kit. You know, it's the one I carry with me. It has every cable and USB drive and you know, all that stuff. I've got it on my, my over the shoulder backpack. I've, you know, I just think they're an awesome thing to do. And, and, and Sandy's going to get them and she's going to label all of her cabinets because yes. she could just hang it yes. over each of the drawers. She could label what each cabinet is for.
2: Do they come with the lock? The, 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 <laughs>
1: the, cord? the yeah, the, the little, the little, uh, metal, um, twist on thing. Yes. yes they come with us. They come with a set of those as well, which in, in wow. and of themselves, I've been using those for a while. So
2: that's worth it because you can lock those. your bags, your backpacks when you're walking eh, around. There's a
1: cable tie instead of a zip tie or a piece yeah. of string. They won't, they won't break off. Nice. I, I've been really, really encouraged by them because, you know, just like Sandy, I was thinking organization at the beginning of the year. I needed more organization in my life. What I was really thinking is I don't want to lose stuff. Um <laughs> ironically, I we had this whole conversation yesterday at our design studio. We're prepping for I'm doing another meeting where I'm Providing Slido and we do question. This is totally off base, by the way, folks. But we're we're this is like where my life is at. We have equipment everywhere. I was like, hey, where where's the 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 set of iPads? These beautiful new, you know, they're in a very simple um case. You know, we bring them with us and we hand them to the moderator so they can see incoming questions. I know I took them with me to Amsterdam. I think I took them to me to a meeting in Texas. I'm trying to recall this over the past few months. Nobody can find these iPads. I'm like, how can we lose iPads? It's like a you know, it's a full kit of iPads and chargers and everything else. And it's not that small. We can't find it. I'm looking through my house. I'm like, we have no idea you know, the holidays were, I'm like, did I loan them to somebody? So yeah, there's where my life's at because I don't have my name on them. (laughs) Not sure anybody would, they're, they're somewhere. They're just, we just don't know where,
3: but that's where my life's at. I I lost my favorite luggage tag uh, years ago. It was a, a neon green tag. And it just said, it just looks like your black bag. <laughs> <laughs> and I loved it because I see it a mile away and anybody would like, because I have a black bag, looks like everyone else's. And yeah. That's so funny. I, I got to find that one of these days. All right. So my tip is uh, related to my the, the trip that I just got back from. I just got back from a um, uh, training in the Bay Area. Um, and the first one is, is a thank you to Sandy for AirFly. That was one of your Ooh. tips a few episodes yes. back. That's a little AirPod transmitter thing. So on an airplane, you can use your AirPods. You just sort of plug it in. and Oh, did you get it. one? I was looking I, at I, it. I did. I did. I thought and it, it worked? worked? It worked perfect. I thought it was a little mm-hmm. overpriced, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, did but you yeah, have
2: to... Did you get it set up on the airplane or in advance? Just I set curious. it up.
3: In, I set it up in advance to, okay. to test it, and okay. it seemed to work fine. I'm still a little unclear about how it pairs each time, but it does, and whatever. Um, yeah, so that that was fantastic. Um, although the batteries do go out after a six hour flight or five hour flight, um, but it, it recharges pretty quickly. Um, then, so the, the next um, the next thing from my trip was coming back. Um, If you are taking a red eye or flying out of San Francisco, which I do all the time or used to do a lot more, I always had that issue of, all right, where do I get dinner before my flight? Because the airport is the airport and, you know, it's nothing amazing. Um, Somebody recommended to me. So I I so you drop if you're if you're flying out of San Francisco, you drop your car at the the um the the rental place and then you have to get on the tram, whatever, to go to your uh to, to go to your terminal. But in between the rental place and your terminal, is the Grand Hyatt at the airport. Yeah. And you just get off there, go right down the escalator, and in about a minute, you're at this amazing restaurant called Quail and Crane. They also have a bar. You can just get a drink. It's quiet. There, It's very calm. There's very few people there. And that's where I'm getting dinner from now on. Forget the airport. Forget the terminal. Just get right off. And then when you're done, just get right back up. Just go right on the escalator, back on the, on the train. Super easy. Um, and then the last one came from my training. Um, I have people uh, make these personal pres- uh, personal um, uh, slides and charts on these big oversized post-it notes and sharing them with the whole group, especially when it's a large group, was always tricky. We'd put them up on the wall, but people couldn't see them from the back of the room. So um, I was trying to figure out an easy way to get them up onto my screen quickly. And what I settled on, there, there are a few solutions. You can have people text them to you, but it, it just got a little complicated. So... I just had everybody, like I normally do, put them up on the wall, took out my phone, click, 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 took pictures of them in a few seconds, and then mirrored my iPhone to my laptop, which takes a few seconds, and then just scroll through on my photo app, and there they are up on the screen. So if you need to share something quickly, just take a quick photo, boom, mirror, and uh, it it worked really, really well. Yeah, wow. really, even, a mac
1: centric yeah. solution will not
3: oh, yeah. work for us <laughs> right. windows people <laughs> yeah it was good so i didn't you don't even have to connect your phone you just use wi-fi You're just on mm-hmm. the same network that's
2: everything. great yeah So jealous so actually
3: that's uh that's my tip
1: This is Troy from TLC Creative Services, professional presentation design studio. Check us out tlccreative.com, vxpmeeting.com is our virtual meeting platform for online meetings for attendees experience. And the blog is thepowerpointblog.com.
3: This is Nolan from Nolan Hames Creative. Check out nolanhamescreative.com to learn more about our presentation and data visualization training. You can also find some free downloads on the goodie page. And if you want to design slides without bullet points, which you should want to do, check out the betterdeckdeck.com where you can get the actual deck of cards, the PDF version, even the PowerPoint source files. And for podcast listeners, use the code podcast. To get a discount on any order.
2: And this is Sandy Johnson with Presentation Wiz. You can visit my website and blog at presentationwiz.biz. I'm also on LinkedIn as Sandra Johnson PowerPoint MVP and on X as at pptwiz. And don't forget to check out the Presentation Guild at presentationguild.org.
0: Dear ChatGPT, what skills are needed to be a professional podcast announcer? Luckily my part in this podcast is safe. But this conversation is interesting about the presentation industry and is about the future where I can see job placement becoming more about AI asking the questions and filtering the applicants. Definitely something thing to think about. Episode show notes are available at the presentation podcast website, thepresentationpodcast.com. This podcast is produced by TLC Creative Services Inc. and new episodes release on the first and third Tuesday of each month.